Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to just speak your word this morning. I pray our hearts would be open for what you have for us and um, and any delivery errors would be forgiven in Jesus' name. <laughs> um, I'm going to read this scripture I have in two versions, um, Galatians 6, 7 through 10. I'm going to first read it in the NIV, and I think they'll have it up here, but it says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to, um, to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially, say especially, especially. to those who belong to the family of believers. I want to read it in the Passion Translation because there's a couple things that it says in here that's beautiful. It says, God will never be mocked, for what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seeds that you planted. If you plant the corrupt seeds of life into this natural realm, you can expect a harvest of corruption. If you plant good seeds of spirit life, you will reap beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. And do not allow yourselves to be weary in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you planted is coming. I'm going to say it again for the third time because somebody in this room needs to hear this. For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you planted is coming. Take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. So a few years ago... um, we were out Christmas shopping. So I have to explain myself because um, Zach calls me bougie like all the time. And I receive it. I, I will take it. And I will accept who I am. But don't judge just what you see now. This took a lot of work. <laughs> Even getting bougie took work. Like it was years in the making. So I'm just letting you know like you know, when you judge a book by its cover, it takes a long time for, you know, for somebody to get to, you know, where I am, where I have to, like, buy all the things for all my kids all the time. So it's a Christmas. I remember a Christmas season. I start Christmas shopping in June, which means have I started Christmas shopping? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. How many other moms are with me? Yeah, because when you have multiple children, you hide the gifts. And every year, I got to pick a new place. They're older now, so I just threaten them. If you see it, I'll take it back. So what happens is a couple days before Christmas, what I usually do is I usually lay out all the Christmas presents. And I have five kids. And I'm very, like, everything has to be fair. So this is expensive, so I'm going to put it in with this gift, and this is too much, so I've got to match. And then, like... Shoot, I need to get her one more thing. He needs one more thing. I overbought for them. You know what I mean? Does anybody understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And Christmas is a big deal for me. Um, 
I could go into why it's a big deal for me, but is there any little kids in this room? Like, I, I found out, you know, who wasn't what he was supposed to be because um, I had a poor mom, not because... <laughs> Not because somebody told me. It was because my neighbor got a whole bunch of stuff and I got a headband. And I knew I was good. And it was just because that's all my mom could afford. So when I give my kids one million things for Christmas, <laughs> it's because I want to. Um, so, so we're out shopping and we're in Vegas because I have got to add up everything and it doesn't match and I've got to make it match. And in Vegas, every store, doesn't matter if it's Christmas Eve, it's open till midnight. And everybody is shopping. Everybody is shopping. So Zach and I are going out, and we're at, um, I think we're at like Urban Outfitters or something, because I have teenagers, and I've probably had zero food that day and a million things to do, and it was getting dark. And I'm standing in the checkout line, and I've got like my arms full of stuff. And Zach had walked up to the counter, and I was like, I don't know. I feel like something's wrong. And I pass out in the line at Urban Outfitters. Literally passed out. Okay, so you have to understand, like, shop till you drop. I took it seriously. You have to understand, too, my husband was with me, so he might say a lot of things, but he co-signs my crazy, all right? <laughs> he has to. He was there co-signing my crazy on Christmas Eve. All right. So as my personality, my typical personality, my husband this morning, I was changing jackets because I didn't know what jacket to wear with this outfit. He's like, you care so much about what you look like. Yes, I do, as I should. And you know what I thought about as I'm laying on the floor in Urban Outfitters? Lord Jesus, what do I look like? <laughs> and they walked us to the employee room, and I'm sitting back there, and oh, God bless retail workers at Christmas. Their break, their break room is, that is, that is not good. Um, and so I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm just like thinking, oh my goodness, like what, what did I look like? There are so many, I'm so embarrassed. There are so many people, are you okay? Are you okay? It's like, why did she pass out? I don't know. Like I, I stood there too long. My knees were like buckled. I don't know why I passed. I didn't eat that day probably. I'm not sure what was happening. And that's all I knew is the next thing I knew was I was fainted. I just fainted. And had I realized that all I needed to do instead of freak out and stand still, all I needed to do was like take one step and the counter was there and Zach was there and it would have been fine. And I feel like that happens in our lives. We get so busy and so overwhelmed and so inundated with life and stuff that's constantly coming our way and we feel like it's so much to carry we just stand there with all of the weight of the world in our hands and we don't realize that if I just keep moving I will get to my destination and I'll have help and I will have assistance and I won't have to carry this alone I'll be able to meet the end of where I'm going and 
and reap if I faint not. And I see three things in this scripture that I want to talk about this morning. And, and I feel like God is speaking some things to his church and his bride and specifically to us. And I, I know this because I feel like God has been speaking this to me personally. That there's a lot of stuff that's been coming our way the last few years. How many have just felt like, gosh, there's just so much. I don't know how much more I can carry. I don't know how much more I can take. And I don't know if you're in this room and you might be struggling with things like anxiety or fear or depression or broken relationships or, or something. Or maybe you're just the everyday mundane thing is just wearing on you. Well, I feel like the word of the Lord for us this morning is just to keep going and to keep making progress because the minute we stop, we become stagnant and we're alone and, and we are carrying everything and it's heavier when we're doing it that way. The first thing I see in this scripture is how we know, how do we know what kind of seeds we're planting? It's by the fruit it produces in our lives. And I want to talk to us for just a minute because it says in the Passion Translation, this part of the scripture in Galatians, it says, for what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. Come on, come on. The harvest you reap reveals the seeds that you planted. That little saying right there, the harvest you reap reveals the seeds that you planted. I think there are so many times in our lives where we're reaping what we sow and we're blaming it on everything else. You know, I, um, I wasn't going to share this, but I feel like I should. So um, in 2005, I had started... Um, it was like developing like an um, like an anxiety like thing that had started happening, and um, it was 2005, I think. Yeah, it was right after I had my Grace, my Hannah Grace, and I went to see the doctor, and um, she's like, "Well, I think you need to get on antidepressants, and you need you need to manage this." And and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You see your doctor if you need that. That's what you you would decide that between you and your doctor. It's your decision. But I came home and, and I'm praying and me and my husband are praying and we just really felt like that wasn't my portion and I didn't need to do that. That I needed to adjust some things in my life and in my heart. And, and once we made some adjustments, um, I wasn't having those uh, attacks anymore. I was having li literal like panic attacks where I would like have to, I would black out and I would have to call my husband and be like, this is where I am, you need to come get me, the kids are in the car, I can't even drive. Like it was getting really bad. And so um, um, maybe like a month and a half ago, I started getting it again. And I was like, I don't understand this. I've overcome this. This is something that is not my portion, Jesus. And so like we're praying and, and Zach's praying with me and we're processing and we're sitting in a staff meeting. Again, let me rewind, rewind my story. You guys have to understand like I really, really care what people think about me. I know some of you in this room don't and I have, I just, can I have some of that? Like I need that. I need to just be okay with like 
not caring, <laughs> but I care. And so it's just, I mean, I kid and exaggerate, but it's true. Like, I, I like to put my best face forward, the one with makeup on it. <laughs> and so I'm sitting in a staff meeting, and I'm trying to lead a staff meeting, and I'm just like, this, like, anxiety is, like, filling up inside of me, and I'm like, I, don't, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. I look at my husband, I'm like, I can't do this, and I just start, like, the tears, and I leave without saying anything and go into the bathroom. I sit in this bathroom over here for, like, a half hour, just, like, tears, because I can't control what's happening. I feel like sometimes we don't realize that what we're sowing is what we're reaping, and in that moment, I'm sitting in the bathroom, and I'm, God, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this again? And I just could hear him say, what are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your moments? What are you sowing seeds into? What are you investing in? Because whatever you invest in, it produces something. Now, sometimes we experience things, and we go through things that are out of our control, and I understand that, but a lot of times... What we're reaping is because of what we're sowing. The second thing I see in this scripture, I'll just let you have that and then I'll move on. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. I'm going to read this in the message. This is so good. So we're not giving up. How could we even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us? How many can say amen to that? Sometimes it looks like a whole big mess. But on the inside, say on the inside, God is making new life. Not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are not small potatoes compared to the coming good. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we now, the things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see will last forever. I want to say this, sometimes our feelings are temporal, and sometimes we need to get our feelings into check. You know, I think sometimes our emotions are a dictator of where our heart is, and I think it's important for us to to adjust and to see those things. Like, I know for me, personally, um, I'm a female. So there are times where my emotions are just emotions. Can I get an amen? I'm going to throw my son under the bus for five seconds um, because I love him so much. But I was, like, going through the little panic attack I had a couple months ago. He's like, Mom, I think it, you're just early, you're like premenopausal. <laughs> I'm gonna freaking punch you in the face. Uh, but how many know, like, sometimes our emotions are just emotions? <laughs> Can I get an amen? <laughs> sometimes they're an indication of where our heart is, and it's a good judgment for us to have. But most of the time, our emotions just need to come in alignment with what the Spirit of God is saying. And we make adjustments. 
and there's no excuses for certain things. Like we make excuses. I am angry because of this, or I, I'm upset because of this, or I allow myself to lash out because of that. And the Lord is saying, no, that's not okay. You need to get your emotions right because what I'm doing in you needs to be the reflection, not what's happening outside of you. And so many times we allow what's happening outside of us to dictate how we are and how we operate and how we function when God is calling us higher and he's calling us further and he's saying, I want you to break out of allowing the outside to dictate where you're going and I want you to adjust your heart to what I'm doing to you on the inside so that that is what matches your actions. And so I have just some things Here I say, what are some of the places in our lives where we feel like giving up? Do you feel like giving up in your marriage? You're stagnant. You're standing there. You're standing still. And God is saying, I need you to move forward. Are you feeling like your kids are acting up and you just want to throw in the towel? God is saying, keep moving forward. Are you saying, my relationships are broken and I can't do this anymore? God is saying, keep moving forward. Is it hard to live in New York State? Yes, God is saying keep moving forward. God is doing something, and we so many times allow the outside to dictate our inside, but God is like, if you just take a step, if you just keep moving forward, what you don't realize is there's help there on the other side. There's assistance there on the other side. Sometimes what we don't realize is the exact thing we need is when we take the step forward you know I know it's a silly illustration but as I'm standing there with all of the the things I'm gonna buy on Christmas Eve and I feel like I'm gonna pass out had I just taken one step the counter was there I could lay all the stuff I was holding I could grab onto my husband he'd be there even if I fainted I probably wouldn't have looked like a hot mess because he would have caught me see there's all kinds of things We don't realize. Sometimes we stop right before our breakthrough. Sometimes we we give up and we yield right before we see the harvest. And God is moving. He's moving over the earth. And sometimes we give up before we see our breakthrough. You know, I get encouraged because I I have friends in areas of the country that are difficult to be Christians in right now. You know, sometimes we think it's difficult to be a Christian in upstate New York. I mean, sometimes, but not really. There's nothing impending our freedom. Nobody's coming in here knocking on our door. We're doing what we're called to do. Um, And God is about to bless our region. So sometimes I lay in bed when I can't sleep and I think about, God, if you had called us to, um, I don't know, anywhere else. (sighs) Um, It would be easier. No, it wouldn't, because this is where I've called you. We've got friends in Southern California. God is moving. They had church in a tent for two years because the city wouldn't let them meet. I mean, they live in Southern California, so it's not like there's snow or rain. But we have a friend in Snohomish, Washington, who is in the same city where the outbreak first started other than New York City. And their church has 
exploded like a hundred times almost. See, God is moving. And sometimes we miss it because we're not willing to take the next step. To push through when it's hard. The last thing I see in this and something I'm going to give my husband, husband credit for when we were talking about this message. But the third thing is trust the harvest is coming. Because the scripture says God won't be mocked. And so many times we see that as the negative, right? God ain't going to be mocked. You're sowing that, you're going to reap it. And we say it negatively, right? (laughs) But he's saying it spiritually too. He's saying it for the good too. That be careful, God's not going to be mocked because what you sow when you sow good things, he is the promise keeper. He is the promise keeper. He is not a liar. He is not a man that he should lie. And so every single word that has been spoken over this region, over this city, over this church, and over your life, God is not a liar. God is not a man that he should lie. He will not be mocked. And everything that he has said will come to pass. Just keep moving forward because you will see it. Because you will reap if you faint not you will reap if you faint not and so the word this morning is just keep moving forward take the step take the step you need into promise take the step of faith you need to see his glory revealed in your life because he is worth it i'm going to close with this story we um i don't see them here but maybe next service we met with um this couple that have been a part of this church since, she said, since she was born. She's been a part of this church. She's a missionary here. And we just met with them to see how they're doing. And, you know, COVID made them come home and all the things that happen. And so she was saying, I just, she's like, I want to share with you, like, this timeline. And I want to see what, how it matches up with how you guys got here. And um, if you don't know, my husband and I moved from Las Vegas. We had a church that we had planted and poured our life into for 11 years. And God called us here, and we said, okay, Jesus, here's my, here's my seed. Hardest, hardest thing I ever gave away. If you're in Vegas and you're watching, hardest thing I ever gave away. All of our kids said this is where we're called to go, so we pick up our family and transplant and move to Rochester, New York. Jesus. It's good. It's good. There's been some times, though. It's like February 28th. (laughs) I haven't seen the sun. It feels like 10 years. No. We winterproof ourselves. It's called... Put the plexiglass up, take the air conditionings out, and plan a European, or I mean a Caribbean vacation in the middle of February. That's it. That's what you have to do. Winterize. Just kidding. (laughs) All right. So we're meeting with this couple. Where am I? Yeah, that's where I'm going. Okay, we're meeting with this couple, and she's like, I want to know what your timeline was. She said, because December of 2019, I was driving away from the building, and I had zero hope for what God had for here. 
She said, but then I heard the word of the Lord. And he said, I'm going to finish the building because it's going to affect Rochester, and I love Rochester. December 2019. January 6th of 2020, Zach and I get a phone call. A phone call that changed everything after the dream that changed everything, but the phone call. I said, that church that you were telling me about, you had a dream about, that church that you saw in transition, I think I know the church, and they're looking for a pastor. Sometimes things are hard. Sometimes doing hard things is hard. Somebody told me one time, if it's not hard, it's not worth doing. I mean, they were talking about working out. (sighs) I feel sorry for whoever has to, like, when I feel the need to, like, try to get in, to get fit. I had a trainer for, like, two weeks. I was not a good person. But it's a good thing they pay, they make you pay them up front because she's like, if it's not hard, it's not worth doing. And I'm like, you know what? I don't believe you. <laughs> I could talk about that for a minute. Sometimes hard things are worth it. There are seeds that you're sitting in this room that you have planted. And you're ready to give up. And you're ready to walk away. But God is saying, you're going to reap if you don't faint. Just keep going. Keep taking steps of faith. Keep taking steps that are hard. Keep going out of the box, keep moving out of your comfort zone because I have you. It's when you're stagnant that has consequences. See, we just look at going backwards as consequences. Let me tell you, stagnation has consequences. You ever looked at a stagnant lake? It's nasty. All kinds of nasty stuff grows in stagnation. All kinds of stuff filters to the top that you had no idea was there. But when you move, when there's a flow, when there's the river and you step in, there is grace. There is grace. Can you stand with me this morning? Father, there's some people in this room that need to know that you have them. They need to know and be reminded that you are not a man that you should lie. That you will do what you promised you would do. You're a faithful father. And what you're working in us is beautiful and glorious 
and worth it. So I choose what looks like it might be hard because you're there. You're with me. You're by my side. You have me. I pray for your people this morning, every person in this room, that they would sense your love for them and that push to keep going, they would know that you're faithful in every circumstance. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, if you're on our prayer team, I just want to ask you to come and make yourself available up here. Beautiful, awesome people gave up their whole Saturday morning to grow in their prophetic gift and what God has for them. So if you're in this room and you need prayer for anything, if you need somebody to say, hey, I just need to take that next step. I'm tired of just sitting. I'm tired of being stagnant. I just need courage to know that God's with me as I'm going. Or maybe you're in this room and you have not ever surrendered your life to the Lord. I just encourage you. He's here to meet with you. He's a good father. And the greatest sacrifice that was given for you was his broken body. He's worthy of your worship. We love you, God. We love you, Jesus. I love your people. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.